Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Life in Balance podcast, where we hold space for each other in a crazy world. We share ideas on how to find balance in one's life through yoga and all that comes with it. I'm here with my lovely co-host and friend, Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Steph. How are you doing today? I'm great. I almost said, hi, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> so that tells you how I'm doing. <laughs> Maybe another cup of tea might, might do the trick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'll get through. <laughs> we'll get through. Today, uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about relationships, and I feel like that makes us sound as if we're going to be giving dating advice, and that's not what we're what we're what we're going for. But to talk a little bit about relationships and creating the circle of people around you that corresponds to who you are and the type of life that you you want to lead. And I guess I wanted to start our our discussion today off with how you as a as a as a yogi not necessarily as a yoga teacher but as a, a yogi practitioner yourself how in the past nicole you've chosen classes and or teachers that you've really enjoyed following whether it be online or or in person very good question <laughs> boom starting and, off strong <laughs> no i'm like how do I choose? Well, I think, I think, you know, when I first started out, um, it had more to do with like convenience of location, mm-hmm. um, in the immediate term. And that was, you know, I, I picked a studio that was really close to my house, uh, and that made it easy for me to get there. Um, but what's interesting, and I feel so fortunate for those first few years, uh, of being a student in Toronto, um, I really had such wonderful, wonderful teachers and, um, and that, I feel like I was lucky that there just happened to be a beautiful independent studio, um, with really welcoming, um, grounded and funny and, um, and open teachers. And, um, and I just, I just enjoyed their company, you know, like I just felt like going into a space that I was welcome there. I never felt like I, um, couldn't, couldn't be there or that I wasn't, you know, advanced enough in my practice to be there. And because I was going so often, I, you know, got to know the teachers quite well in terms of feeling comfortable having conversations after class. And, and eventually it was those teachers who, um, I decided to follow when I went and did my own training. So, you know, in those early days, it was definitely a a convenience to start, but the qualities that kind of kept me there, because I I think about it, if I think about it the other way, if there was a studio that was nearby and I didn't resonate with the teachers, would I have been so dedicated to my practice? And probably not, you know, truthfully. Um, So I think in those early days and definitely how I, resonate with teachers today has a lot to do with how authentic I feel like they are you know Mm -hmm. like that they aren't putting on their yoga teacher hat and you know totally changing their voice and suddenly turning into some wise master that feels like inaccessible or unattainable Um, they just feel real to me and you know as I continued to practice and looked for other teachers to do trainings with and, and invest invest in, you know, invest my, my education in them. It had a lot to do with the kind of language they used. So how they talked about their practice, you know, how they talked about 
why they practice and what they love about yoga and also how they talked about why they want to share yoga with others and why they're doing the work that they're doing. And really it came down to to feeling like that that was an authentic presentation, but also that it was something that I was interested in, you know, because there are definitely teachers that I'm, that people love that I'm not interested in and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would say like that authenticity piece is, is important as a way of like gauging whether or not there's someone who I want to practice with or learn from. Do you feel like you can sense that right off the right off the bat, or is it something that comes after maybe a couple of classes or with a bit more experience? Um, you know, I'd say it's pretty right off the bat, but I try not to be like judgmental about that. You know, like I, it's it's like that off the bat intuition feeling of like, yeah, this is good fit, or like, oh no, I'm not really liking your vibe, but also wanting to be reasonable and open myself. So you know, if I'm in a class and and I'm not immediately picking up on on a vibe for it with a teacher, I'm not going to just walk out of the room. I'll kind of stay for class and, and try to uh, be as present as I can with what they're offering. Um, and then, you know, make that choice down the road, but it's definitely a fairly immediate feeling like, a, you know, I'm going to use the word attraction, not, not because I'm like physically attracted to them, but just something that was like, yeah, I really, I, I recognize that this is a practice that is quite connected and, and can go quite deep beyond the physical and yeah, I want to, if I'm going to go there, <laughs> mm-hmm. I have to feel like I, I trust the person who I'm, who I'm with. Mm-hmm. To take you on that, yeah, to take you on that journey or to at least like open the gate mm-hmm. to that mm-hmm. space. Yeah. But the biggest, I, I'd say like the common denominator of like teachers who I really respect and admire and learn from are teachers who empower the student to make the discovery for themselves. I really don't resonate with teachers who are like, this is the way and this is the only way. Mm-hmm. People who are, who aren't that guru, you know, the one that, that sees themselves above others. Mm-hmm. Right away, I can usually pick up on that and I'm like, no, it's really not, not my vibe. Mm-hmm. What about you? For me, I think a lot of people who, who, who know me personally um, wouldn't be surprised when I say this. My, my, my first reaction I should say when I when I'm having that gut check to see if this is a this is a relationship that I am interested in in pursuing from a obviously from afar when I'm talking about um you know following a teacher would be if I enjoy listening to their voice mm-hmm. so that, that that does obviously speak a little bit to what you had just mentioned about choosing the right words and feeling as if they're authentic words because we we use a lot of we say a lot of things and we use a lot of terms in in, in yoga classes that to somebody who's never you know hasn't hasn't doesn't maybe have that much experience in this particular world you know wouldn't really understand what maybe the teacher is talking about so if someone you know mentions as an example you know finding space or you know dropping in or these kind of you know if it sounds really inauthentic and they just are, are maybe just saying that because they feel like that's what they should say I feel like I can pick on I'll pick up on that pretty quickly I am extremely, yeah, I'm extremely sensitive to voices. So I do find that I have a bit of a difficult time finding teachers, whether in person or again, or, or people that I, you know, follow from afar. Um, it's kind of my first, my first point of reference in terms of whether or not I am interested in kind of following their practice and their teachings. The, the other thing that's been a really interesting transition for me in terms of when we talk about the, the yoga class 
um, kind of space. So um, not just re in regards to the teacher is um, for, for those of you who have been, you know, listening to our, uh, our podcast over the last while, um, many of you know that I live in a small town in France and, and I used to live in, in downtown Toronto, um, as I'd mentioned, and there's been a very interesting um, shift in, in the vibe of a yoga class when you go from living in a big city, you know, downtown atmosphere where you are going to studios with a drop-in mentality and you can kind of go whenever you feel like it and whenever there's a class, as long as there's space. No one really speaks to each other unless you perhaps know a, per a person or two in the class. Everyone just sort of goes to their class, listens, you know, finishes Shavasana, cleans off their mat and, and walks off again. And that was my experience. Maybe that's maybe that's been a, it's a bit different for everybody. But then moving to a small town and everyone sort of more or less knowing each other, maybe from a different, you know, knowing each other through different people. Um, the the yoga class environment and space has become much more communal and much more open. And we spend time talking to each other before class. We ask questions about each other's lives. Um, we spend time after class. We share. We have, you know, WhatsApp groups and things. And so it's been a very different experience. And I really quite enjoyed it. I used to be, I used to feel a little bit more like my yoga practice is my own individual thing. I don't want to talk to anybody about it. I just want to go to class. I want to do my practice. I want to lie in Shavasana and I want to get out as quickly as possible and move on with my day. Whereas now it's much more integrated and I'm able to sort of share my practice with other people, even though they're not necessarily anyone in my close, you know, knit community, but they're in my yoga community, which it's been really nice to be able to share that with people that I wouldn't normally cross in my daily life, um, you know, through work or friends. So uh, that was a little bit of a tangent, but um, did I answer your question? <laughs> <laughs> you did, and you made me think about, uh, I think what I loved about my my early yoga studio um, was it it actually was a smaller studio. Um, it was an independent studio, even though it was in Toronto, it was, it wasn't a chain. Um, and you know, it was a, a smaller practice space where, and there were two rooms and you could really only fit maybe 15 to 20 max in either room. Um, so you, you know, and, and there was a nice comfortable lounge and everyone again had that like really welcoming energy. So I, I actually did start to get to know other students, um, and felt, uh, excited to to develop relationships um and friendships and and get to know people who I wouldn't have otherwise gotten to know mm. I think because you know if, I, if I'm just reflecting on like how a friend circle evolves it's hard to make friends as an adult absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. and um and so there's you know friends that you kind of have through school whether that's high school or elementary school or university. And I think, and those, those are important and I still have those friendships. Absolutely. Um, but if I think about who I was in high school or even university, I feel like quite a different person. And it would make sense then that, that as I'm also growing as a person that, you know, my, my circles would also change. But I, I do find that as an adult, were it not for yoga, I, I don't know what my friend circles would look like. <laughs> no, I totally, And that's kind of been nice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I agree with that for sure. I, so, you know, I don't know if this has come up for you at all in this, you know, in these strange times that we're, that we're still living. 
Um, I wish we could say otherwise, but, you know, in a living through a global pandemic, as we have been over the past few months, um, something that's come up for me and, and a bunch of friends of mine in, in, the, in my community here is this sort of idea that and maybe we, we always, we knew that we'd had as adults, but it kind of really came to the forefront during this, this particular crisis and being confined to our homes and, and again, having the time and space to be able to really reflect and think about, you know, what we want and who we are and the people around us. And, and I've had a number of, of conversations with friends about this idea that, you know, as an adult, you, even though it's more difficult to, to make friends, as, as you mentioned, we have this wonderful freedom to be able to choose who we spend our time with. Mm-hmm. And when you're young, you're forced into relationships, you're forced into relationships with people that you're you know, in class with or that you, you know, play a particular sport with and you don't necessarily have the maturity or the you know, larger sense of self in order to be able to, choose the people that actually suit you as an individual. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think when you're a bit younger, you sort of choose people based on, you know, um, if they're cool or if they have a great car or whatever, whatever the example <laughs> is. And I think through, through yoga practice and meditation and, and all that comes with that. I've, I've again noticed with, with the group of people that I, that I spend a lot of my time with now um, as an adult, we've all gotten to know ourselves so much better um, and more intimately that we're, we feel less guilty and we feel like we have so much more freedom and so much more choice to be able to say yes and to say no to the people that either serve us or don't serve us anymore. I don't know if that's come up for, for you at all during during this period or not, but it's been a very big kind of topic of discussion. And I don't know it's because we were all sort of separated and confined and then we come out of confinement and we start to sort of pick and choose a little bit better. And I don't mean that in a, in a negative way or a judgmental way by any means. I mean that in a way of, you know, we are in so many ways representative of who we spend our time with mm-hmm. um, because that's what people see from the exterior. And so when you're spending time with people that don't serve you in any sort of way, and when I say serve, I obviously don't mean like they're not serving you literally. <laughs> I just mean the, the relationship that it's healthy and, and beneficial to both parties. Um, you know, it's very powerful. And I think even more powerful um, the older you get because life gets busier and people have, you know, full-time jobs and they have families and we don't necessarily have the time that we used to have to be able to just, you know, hang out with our friends. Yeah, I'm thinking about this idea of um, obligation feels like a really harsh word, um, but but especially in the in the midst of a pandemic, and and me who is still for the most place for the most part sheltering in place and has haven't hasn't really had any social interactions in person, um, but thinking about all of the social activities that I might've gone to, you know, let's say this time last year where, you know, you, you meet up with someone for coffee or you go to a barbecue and then you hang out in the park. And, and it's not to say that those things were bad at all, but it's just been interesting to see how, when, um, 
when the the freedom of being able to move around is a little bit limited for me the experience has been like the freedom to choose like you were saying how i do stay in touch with people and and feel almost like more intentional about that relationship you know like absolutely you have to make the effort to stay in touch because you're not just going to run into them in the coffee shop or you're not just going to bump into them at the studio so yeah that's just been an interesting shift and i think you know i, I can only speak for myself but it's been nice to get to know people in a different way through the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I find that the people who I am talking to, um, conversations are quite honest where, because, you know, to your point around the busyness, when you bump into someone in the street and it's just the kind of small talk, which is fine and polite, but that it kind of ends there. And so when you're being intentional about having a conversation and catching up with someone, you know, if you're making the effort to, to get on a phone and or, you know, jump on a Zoom call or whatever, whatever the case may be. At least for me, it's felt like the conversations have been a little bit more real about how people are feeling, what they're going through. And I like that. But that would be hard <laughs> to sustain, like to have that kind of conversation with 20 people is much harder than to have it with two or three people. So I guess that's where it like if you want relationships that that are authentic or if you want those friendships where you can talk about anything, you can be honest about what you're feeling, you can be um, open about saying no to getting together, you know, because you're not afraid that the person's going to th take that personally. And, you know, there's that level of, of acceptance for the other person. That to me feels, feels like a really uh, powerful and impactful friendship as opposed to one where where I might have to feel guilty about canceling plans or where it's really a challenge to, to find time to get in touch um, or to like sit down and have that conversation. Mm -hmm. Do you find that um, as you've sort of ventured through through yoga journey and how, you know, your practice has gotten deeper and you've obviously um, gotten to know yourself as an individual um, on a much deeper on a much deeper level, do you find that now it's challenging for you to have relationships with individuals who are, you know, for lack of a better of a lack of a better word, sort of closed um, and not able to really express how they feel when you ask them a question? You know, how was, you know, how have you been dealing with the confinement or? what's going on in your life and you get these sort of, you know, we all have those people or have had those people in our lives where you get sort of the small talky response. Um, do you find that it's much more difficult to have relationship with, with those types of people? I think there's different kinds of relationships. Like it doesn't have to be an either or, you know, cause I'm even thinking, I'm sure there are situations or conversations where, where I'm the small talker, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, where, where, and, and that's still, uh, Again, I think that's still polite and friendly. If all of my relationships were just small talk, that wouldn't be particularly fulfilling or helpful or meaningful to anyone, really. But I think um, I think it's still great to be able to to check in and just sort of say hey and keep it light. And then when I think about, I guess how I make that choice, you know, who I who I open up to or who I will have that deeper level conversation with. Yeah, I think it comes. It comes down to that authenticity again, where if I'm, if I feel like 
I know that person and I know and I know how I can be with them, but also how they are with themselves. Like if, if they can also be open and, um, and honest, then, then that, that will, that will influence the extent to which I am open and honest. I think I'm generally a pretty guarded person. (laughs) I always used to get, um, this was in, in, romantic relationships as well as friendships. <laughs> I'm just thinking about how opposite I am and I'm like, opposites do attract. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I always used to get that I'm uh, like a several different people in like different stages in my life have called me an ice queen where I have, I guess they've said that I have this kind of like standoffish or like, I don't know if stoic's the right word, but um that they couldn't really read me or they didn't know what I was about. And, and yeah, like they're not wrong, but in those situations, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, I, I, if it's a a new group of people, I, I like to listen and absorb and process and take that in before I jump in. Um, and I'm sort of doing a little bit of evaluating or, or, you know, just sort of seeing, seeing where the conversation is or, or the setting that I'm in. So yeah, I do. I do have that element of um, of guardedness for sure. But then again, when when I am able to open up to people, I'm pretty much an open book, um, which you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but that's that's interesting because yeah, you're you are like, I think I mentioned this in your interview. You are like the best person to be around always. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very bold statement. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, Thank like you. people are, are um, you know, being in your presence, you are right off the bat. So very welcoming. Um, and I am I am a hospitality and service industry yeah, professional. Yeah. So that would be a problem if I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I probably wouldn't be great in that. <laughs> that's why like. it I, For me, at least, like it takes it takes time. It's not it's not often that it's like in a friendship. Like, so again, I might pick up on a vibe where I'm like, oh yeah, like I like what you're about. Or I'm like, uh, like, you know, this feels like we're on the same page or on the same wavelength. And maybe we can talk about like what that really means when we talk about that mm-hmm. um, or what our interpretation of that is. But, you know, I'm, I'm also then not the person to immediately be like, okay, let's go and like spend the whole day together right off the bat. Like right. it takes me a little bit of time to like you dip your toe in a little bit. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Like what I wonder, like how, speaking of how important language is and and voices and how do you, how do how do you, how do, how would you describe what, in more depth when we say vibe or when someone's being authentic, like can you think of like any particular traits or qualities in a person that represents that, a a positive vibe or a positive, you know, an authentic person to you hmm. I want to hear what you have to say <laughs> um, I I really appreciate somebody who listens and I remember years ago I was working as a flight attendant and I would you know and again because I, because I've always worked in the service industry I've, you've you come to learn how to how to do the you know do the small talk thing and 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 get to know people really quickly because you'd only have a very small window in order to get people on your side 
So whether that be clients or whether that be that be colleagues. And I remember working as a flight attendant and working with people who I didn't know, you know, previous to a particular shift and, and spending maybe one to two, even three days with, with a crew of people. And I remember very distinctly leaving certain shifts and feeling as if the person I've been working next to knows so much about my life or I know so much about, I should say rather, I know so much about their life, you know, their, what their kids have been up to, what they're interested in, where they went to school, you know, what they did before they did this particular job. And that that individual probably knew many next to nothing about me and, and who, who I was. And, you know, I, I think what I'm trying to say is it, I find that, that dialogue is so important and I really appreciate that in, in, in another person and, Listening, as you as you mentioned, and and observing and taking that all in is so so important. So when someone can actually listen to you and hear what you're saying, I think that totally represents authenticity and, quite frankly, a really positive vibe, for lack again of a of a, of a different term. Um, but also, so so not only not only listening, but also asking questions. So there has to be, like everything in life, everything has a balance as we obviously, there's a whole reason why we're sitting here having this conversation. And, you know, when, when I have a conversation with somebody that I, you know, I'm getting to know, whether it be professionally or, or in a personal setting, if they don't ask any questions about me, to me, that's a bit of a, a bit of a red flag. Now, not all, not maybe not necessarily personal questions, but just to me, it represents, I care enough to ask these questions, to get to know you a little bit more and get to know a little bit about what you're about. Because it's only in asking questions and being inquisitive that you're ever going to learn to get to know somebody. So listening has been a, is a, is a big thing for me. And I've actually feel like I'm someone who needs to maybe work on listening a little bit sometimes because I am an open book. So I can just kind of ramble on <laughs> and talk about my life and, and things from a, from a personal perspective. But also having having someone in front of me who's able to ask questions and be comfortable mm. enough to do so um that would be that would be something for me i guess from like a vibe perspective again for me it goes back to the voice uh vibe <laughs> i keep saying the same <laughs> word i'm like wow so I think of a different word um but someone's voice and intonation and how they speak is 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 a really big one for me hmm uh, one you? thing that you said, yeah, when when you were talking about how people being comfortable enough to ask questions, um, one thing that I had written down was uh, a vibe that I pick up on is when people are comfortable in their own skin, mm-hmm. like when they're comfortable in themselves. I'm I'm really sensitive to when I I can pick up on, I guess that that either the people pleasing tendency or the like inauthentic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mean to say inauthentic that like oh they're faking who they are, but they're not like necessarily like secure enough in themselves to, to be, let themselves be who they are. And then, you know, they, obviously there are a million reasons why that might be the case. So it's not a judgment on that, but that's something that I'm sensitive to. Like I can, mm-hmm. I can, uh, and then if I feel like they're not comfortable in their own skin or they're, or they're doing something to, um, to please someone else or specifically to, to just fit in, I find that hard for me to like build trust with that person because I'm, I'm kind of wrestling with like, well, like who who are you? Like I want to I want to know you. I want to connect with you. Um, but it also made me just think about how circumstance and situation, I guess, plays a pretty big role. Um, because you know, you and I, for example, we 
knew each other. We were like in a, in a similar circle for university, but you weren't my friend. I know. <laughs> God, think of all the years we wasted not being friends. Not being friends. It's yeah. Depressing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, and that's not to say that you were my enemy at all, but, um, but you know, what, you know, what did it, what did it take for, for, um, for us to, to develop that friendship and then, and, and also to develop that friendship when we were living in separate countries, which is so mm-hmm. interesting. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we had a lot of physical time together, but, um, and I, and I'm just sort of thinking of where, where our friendship kind of really grew its roots, I guess, for lack of a better word. And that, that would be kind of like commiserating about our, um, our shared disdain for corporate Bay Street in Toronto. So, you know, coming together on that, but, but I think what was really powerful about that, you know, we weren't just complaining, but we were like, again, we could have these conversations openly because we, you know, I knew that you were listening to me and you were genuinely like curious about how I was doing and asking me questions to help think through my, my situations. And, and so it, it did come back to like having that opportunity to, to really get to know someone, even when you're getting to know them in a, in a situation or an environment where they're not happy, you know, because mm-hmm. you can be not happy and still be yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, most of us go through life not being happy a lot of the time. You know, it could mm-hmm. be in a, on, a, on a daily, you know, on a particular day because you didn't sleep well or it could be, you know, over a stint of, of, of time because, you know, you're going through a breakup or you lost your job or whatever it may be. But I also think, too, that the reason, you know, beyond the fact that we, we, we managed to find, even though we're very opposite, we managed to find a way of communicating together that was very, you know, genuine or authentic. I also think that we happen to be going through a transition in our lives at the same time. You know, we were both looking for something more, something that was meaningful to us. Um, we were looking for that different path. They weren't necessarily the same paths. I mean, in, in a way they were, but we didn't know that at the time. We were just looking for something different. And so we commiserated on that, for example. Yeah, or, you know, so I can true. think of other really powerful relationships that I have now with friends. And, it, you know, they, they sort of blossomed at times where we were both going through something similar it doesn't always mean something negative. I don't mean it has to be something difficult, but, you know, maybe, you know, for people who happen to have children at the same time or, and that are the same age, maybe they have that common, there's a commonality in, in friendships. And I think that's where, you know, if we go back to what we were mentioning at the beginning of our, of our, of our chat, you know, when you, when you share something like yoga with individuals that you wouldn't necessarily ever, you know, cross paths with in your life, that creates a bond that, that, um, you know, is, is quite powerful. doesn't mean it's going to mm-hmm. last forever, but it's, uh, you know, it's something that you share with somebody and that's what relationships are in a nutshell. <laughs> in a nutshell. But it, it's also true that like having that commonality, but, but I think to, to build the, a strong friendship requires something else and that something else being that, that connection or that openness to, to being yourself or to, to sharing yourself or, or holding space for someone else to be themselves. Because I can think of, um, plenty of people who I, who did yoga with me or, you know, other yoga students that I wouldn't necessarily want to spend a lot of time with, you know, it wasn't just Mm -hmm. because they did yoga that they could all be my friends and, Mm -hmm. you know, and just like, I'm sure people who have kids, it's not just because they're, they're now parents that they Mm -hmm. automatically have to be friends. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, that, I think it comes back to that, that deeper sense of letting yourself be who you are with wherever you are, like whatever circumstance you're in and let that be like open and honest and authentic. Mm-hmm. That 
creates the the grounds for being able to build build relationships. I had a really interesting um, exchange with a with a close friend of mine. This was probably a year ago now, and I asked her a question along the lines of, you know, when you now this is specific to romantic relationships, but I think it goes it, it translates. To, to all relationships. I asked the question, you know, in, in her opinion, what, where do you think love goes when you're no longer in a relationship with someone? You know, where does it go? Does it just vanish? Does it, you know, did it, did it die somewhere along the way? What happens? Because you still feel it. So, you know, why does it, why does it shift? Why does it change? And she, she said something so spot on. And I feel like this kind of answers our question about vibe in a way. She said, it's energy stuff and it mm-hmm. it's changed the energy has changed and you're going to take that energy of from away from that from that particular relationship and it's going to morph into something maybe um energy in a creative capacity and maybe you're going to work on a project or that energy is going to move on to maybe another romantic relationship or it's going to maybe disperse itself a little bit amongst your friendships and it's just an energy exchange and that energy no longer serves you, so you're going to morph it into something else. And I thought that was such an incredible analogy and a relieving thing to hear um, when, you know, you need something a little bit positive to, <laughs> to, 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 you know, move, move forward. And I thought that was really, really helpful and interesting. And maybe it's an energy thing when we talk about vibe. Yeah, that's brilliantly put. And I feel like that's a whole other <laughs> a whole other a whole other, a whole other sure. topic, but I love that describing um the feeling or the emotion because I think relationships are all about feeling and emotion and connection. And you know, when we talk about connection, it's like, yeah, well there's uh, it doesn't have to be a physical connection. Of course, we know this. <laughs> We're not animals, Nicole. Come on. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> and uh, so what? It, what you know? What is emotion? What is feeling? And and that is yeah, that's energy. Brilliant. Ooh, I'm gonna sit with that one a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a nice way to wrap up our our chat today. What do you think? Definitely. I almost want to put it on a T-shirt or something. Maybe my next art project. I think we might have to bring whoever that was on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I think that sounds like a good idea. Well, thank you for this uh, lovely chat. You too. You too. Thanks everyone for listening.